Good morning, peace and blessings to you all, to the channel, welcome back to the channel, and uh, our next installment, the next chapter, 15, today we are going to cover our team, alright, and so we are now in section 3 of our book, and this is the last section, we got a 3, 2, 3, 4, 4 more chapters, and then a conclusion, we are done with our book and uh it's bittersweet but i'm looking forward to moving on to other projects and getting this thing going so with that being said this is david manny's big money manny book club and uh, i welcome you hope you're doing well i pray that uh the most high is blessing you in every way and that jesus is lord of your life because the time is coming soon and I'm excited. I hope you're following on Facebook. We got a lot of information that we are sharing about things that are going on today. And uh, the reason why we have this book club is because we need to continue to feed our minds, to start critically thinking for ourselves and not allowing other people to think for us. And so please excuse me for a second. I'm going to go ahead and do this little sound check and making sure that I'm coming through to you guys nice and clear. But either way, I'm excited to get this going. All right, guys. So you know the drill. I only get to do this late at night, and that is why I broadcast at the time that I do. But I will be making some changes and arrangements soon so that I can be broadcasting like a normal person during the day. But because I homeschool four kids, this is the time I get to. So um, I just read the chapter in our book right before I go live. I take notes, you know, put this little presentation together, to make it look nice and pretty for you all. And um, then I go through the book, you know. And so today it's gonna, it should be a short one. Um, it's the third section of this book, which is um, section three. And it says it's, it's all about your team. And so let's read through this real quick, right? Um, section three, your team. And so he says, crossing the finish line is like your vision. Um, the race, the race course is your path and your car is your team. And the driver is your leadership or leadership skills. And the engine that comprises your teams is, a, is it comprises of your team's work ethic, morale and culture. All right, so it's a nice little illustration that he puts together here. Now, this this channel is pertaining to those who are in leadership, also to those who aspire to be in leadership. If you're looking to build a business, if you're looking to lead a church, build a ministry, um, you're going to have to have a team. It's just, you know, this is the way things operate. If you want to maximize your efforts, I mean, Jesus Christ did it himself, you know, building a team of disciples. Here's the same concept. You know, you can do so much by yourself. But with a team, 
you know, you're able to maximize your efforts. You make, you're able to make a greater impact. And so I'm looking forward to covering this, especially moving on to our next projects after this book club is done. Uh, but yes, yeah, nice little illustration he puts here. And he says that you can have a great product. You can have a profitable industry and you can be a world-class leader, but by the, but without a strong team with great morale and culture, your business will never dominate, you know, and in this, in this instance, you can sub the word business for family, for church, ministry, whatever it is, organization that you're looking to build or improve upon. Uh, this will help all of you guys, right? Also, you can put marriage in there too, right? But this is not just for business. I know today he's talking about business. Our, our whole book was uh, all about becoming the best business owner possible. But again, this is to all you leaders out there, all right? So it's important to have a strong distinction between having employees and building a high performance team you don't just want employees he says today he doesn't really work with employees anymore um now he has a team right so it's a major difference right just having people there versus having people who are effective it makes a big difference you know even if like say think about your church there's people who are just church goers and then there are those who get hands-on and help out with things that are going on anyone who's a part of leadership knows what i'm talking about here right and so it's there's a difference between having uh, employees and a team that is driven high performance um playing to win and want to be as competitive as you are right so he says listen if you plan on building an empire it's going to take more than just you it's going to take a team all right so not to say that you can't do anything by yourself of course we have to start small we have to start with just us all right, start with you and maybe your partner, and uh, you know you're gonna have to start from from ground one, uh, the ground floor, and build upwards. All right, and day one, everybody has a day one, right? And so this is what it's about. But if eventually, once you start getting more reach and building more of a, t um, you know, having more of a a need at your hands uh, to fulfill, whether you're a business or organization or whatever, um, you're going to re require a team. Right? And so it's going to take a team that is motivated just like you. Um, people who are on board, and this is important too, um, people who are on board with your vision, they trust and respect you as a leader and are committed to exceeding your expectations, not just meeting them. And so here's how you're going to get there. So here we go. Enter chapter 15. And this is called, Psst, you have you might have crabs, right? So I saw this when I first read the book, when I first opened it. Uh, I went to the table of contents and looked through the chapter names. And when he said this, you know, automatically I thought, okay, he's talking about, you know, something in his health, but it was, it was totally different. Now he talks about going on an Alaskan cruise with his grandparents in 2004. And this is just after he started figuring out how he's going to build this business by using the internet and growing his coaching and consulting business. So he and um, his wife die, I think it's Diana, um, Diana's grand. Die's grandparents, he calls her Die. Grandparents uh, offered them to, uh, for them to come to a cruise with him, and they couldn't afford it. But the grandparents were going to pay for everything, so that's the only reason why they went. And they went to Alaska. And, and uh, if you've ever been on a, cru a cruise, they stop at several ports, and they stopped at one fisherman village. And they were out walking along the water. He and his wife, they were watching the fishermen cast their nets out to the rocks. Uh, you might have heard a story like this, you know, the crab in the bucket. 
if you uh, study business, right? And so this is his own rendition of that. And he says, I noticed that one of the fishermen had a five gallon bucket next to him and the bucket was half filled with water with six or seven crabs inside, each about the size of your palm. Ambitiously, one was climbing on top of the others, reaching for the top. And I didn't think much of this until the little crab made his way to the top of the heap and started to reach up for the rim of the bucket. And he says, oh, snap, the little sucker was trying to make a break for it. And the crab, the fisherman or the crab fisherman was obviously uh, he was oblivious to what was going on as he was looking to the water where his net was cast and he was looking to catch more crabs. He didn't realize that one of his crabs was going to get out. And so Bedros figuring that he'd be a good Samaritan said, let me let him know. And so he said, sir, I think you have one ambitious crab here who's going to climb, who's climbed on top of the other crabs and is trying to pull himself out of your bucket. You should put a lid on it. And without even looking back, the fisherman said, there's no need for a lid. Watch what happens next. And he says, I couldn't believe what I saw as the ambitious crab tried to hoist himself out of the bucket to win its freedom. All of the other reached up and grabbed it by its legs and pulled it back down to the bottom of the bucket. The scene resonated with me, he says, at a very deep and personal level. He says, oh, snap, I have crabs. I have crabs in my life, <laughs> he says. I elbowed dies. I pointed down to the bucket of crabs and yelled repeatedly. He says, oh, stop, I have crabs. I have crabs in my life. And they're all trying to pull me down. A word to the wise, he says, be very careful in your word choice with your wife. I've got crabs has a couple meanings of it. And one of it might give you a divorce. All right. But people have heard the expression crabs in a barrel. Um, and he says it has. He says, uh, but it's different. It's a different thing to see it in person, right? I, I personally have heard this through our coaches in business, and I know I haven't seen it, but I can understand. I can, you know, I can picture this restaurant I was working security at, and there were lobsters and crabs live in the in the water tanks that you can pick out when you come and eat. And I remember them trying to get it, trying to get out, and a couple of times, you know, one would get very close, you know, and I'd see the other one pull it down. I remember standing there as a guard watching the crabs and uh he says it's a very different thing when you see it in person to actually see one member of its species pull the other down as it's reaching for the top it was something else right and so he says at that moment that moment was watershed for me right and so with that we had It is back, guys. We have our word of the day, and it is watershed. All right, so watershed. All right, um, what I do here is if I'm reading something, I come across a word I haven't seen before, or if I see a word that's being used uh, in a different manner than which I would use it, I will share it here in our word of the day. And so watershed. He said watershed. What did he say? Watershed. Uh, he said this moment was a watershed moment for me all right so pretty much watershed he says uh, by the dictionary it is used to mean important changes or the turning point in a situation or event the event that marks a historic change historic milestone landmark or moment all right and so that is the definition of the word of the day watershed all right so hope you enjoy that and, and you know you learn as i'm learning as well and expand our vocabulary, right? 
All right. So watershed. He said, this moment was a watershed moment for me. He says, I need to learn how to distance myself from all negative people in my life that don't support me or believe in my vision. They got to go. I need to distance myself from pessimists, from pessimists or um, critical or people that are critical of my dreams and ambitions. They all have to go. Uh, people who settle for mediocrity or, you know, maybe you might think in your ministry, people who are lukewarm, they just they don't take any actions. They don't they're not really proactive or anything. No actions uh, was OK with just being average. They have to go. Some of the things, you know, uh, some of them were longtime friends who I had outgrown but didn't realize it until that moment. If I wanted to succeed as an entrepreneur, I had to eliminate all the negativity and mediocrity from my life. Great traits of the greatest leaders always hold optimism as a, a very high on their list. Colin Powell put it, uh, he put it famously saying that perpetual optimism is a forced multiplier. This was a guy who had seen combat and fought in wars. Rest in peace, Colin Powell recently passed away. And even he believed that optimism could be the difference maker, right? And I would apply that to ministry, um, people who have hope, right? Optimists, right? They see the good. They see the good outcomes uh, in a bad situation. They have hope that things are going to work out. They have hope that even when the enemy is very blatant and very brash about his actions, that we are always going to overcome, right? So, he says, always choose to be optimistic. Always choose. And I want to really encourage people with that. You know what I mean? Because these are some crazy times. And you got to always choose to be optimistic. And that is definitely a choice. It is up to you to be optimistic about your situation. Just look at your decision-making muscles. You can build your optimism muscles as well. Right? And that's huge. All right? So he says, I don't know too many happy or successful entrepreneurs who are pessimistic. In fact, I don't know a single one. On the other hand, every negative or bitter business owner that I've ever met to be an optimist, uh, I mean, a pessimist. I'm sorry, let me read that again. On the other hand, every negative and bitter business owner that I've ever met happened to be a pessimist. All right, so that goes hand in hand. When you are a pessimist, you are you're just, you know, you're going to be that negative person even and bitter, even though you're a business owner. And we read that in our last book, just because you are an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that you got it all right. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to do everything right. Uh, even if they make income or great income, that doesn't mean that they're the most positive people in the world, which means that that income is temporary. And so, uh, you know, that's something that we learned in the 20 biblical laws of success right? Or 22 biblical laws of success, right? And so um, he says, on the other hand, I don't, every negative and bitter business owner that I've ever met happened to be a pessimist. And I don't think this is by chance. There you go. All right. So uh, you got to stop being a pessimist about situations. He says, however, you can simply, he says, however, you simply can't be an optimist while consuming negativity, right? I think that's huge because right now, you know, I'm making a push for people to start really uh, focusing on on the things that they are consuming, meaning media, right?
media, um, TV, the radio, the music that they choose to listen to, the music that you have on your playlist, it all affects you. All right. And so he says, um, you cannot be an optimist if you consume negativity. I want to handle something there. Uh, when people are learning about the times, like I'm a person who's all about, I'm, I'm a truther. Right? And a lot of people will look at that as being negative. It's not really being negative, you know, especially if you're trying to be aware of what's going on around you. That would be what the what a wise person would do. Um, but a person who is always going to, you know, downplay your your goals, that is the person who is negative or a person who is just, you know, talking about weird stuff that doesn't have anything to do with your goals. Um that is a person who is also negative, you know, and so people can easily find negative negativity to consume through their music. Listening to the lyrics of these songs today, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's just not really aligning with your goals, you know, and that's I, I think that's why a lot of kids today are in the, the the mindset that they are in, right, because of this music. And so got to be careful with that. This is why it's critical to distance yourself from any negative influences as possible. Your thoughts aren't just controlled by TV news and the radio it, or the information that you read. The people, the people that you choose to surround yourself with impact your thoughts and your attitudes and your altitude more than you can imagine. There you go. So today we're focusing on the people that you choose to surround yourself with, right? You got to be careful on, you know, the attitudes that you take in. And so he says here, um, they, they affect your thoughts, your attitude and the altitude, the online, the old line goes, show me your network and I'll show you your net worth. There's a reason that this line has become such a staple in, in, basically all high performers I know because it is true right and so he says when I saw all the other crabs pulling down the ambitious one I saw a reflection of some people in my life who pulled me down I went paintball and he talks about when he went paintballing with some friends and they were taking a lunch break they only had 30 minutes to go uh, to, to get back on the field so they're scarfing down their meal and drinking Gatorade real quick and he said that his friends were all complaining about their job and they're like because it was sunday and they're like oh man i gotta go back to work tomorrow i don't want to do this no more i'm tired of it another guy was like man i hate mondays mondays right right around the corner and he said that in that moment he realized something this is right after um the uh the cruise went on in 2014 he realized that his friends just were not on the same plan he said he had just hired Joan that we mentioned in the last chapter, a, a girl who was his assistant and helped him to structure his business. And he started restructuring the rest of his life, you know, because of something that she said that inspired him. And he said, I had just hired home Joan about six months late. I'm reading like, like it's Spanish. Um, <laughs> I had just hired Joan about six months earlier and she was, proving to be a hard-working, hard-working fighter jet, right? Um, let me make sure I didn't miss anything here. Okay, so his friends were complaining about the weekend. They were saying how they could, if they could just magically have one more day for their weekend, you know, they would love that. So he just hired Joan, and she was proving to be a hard-working fighter jet. All right, so look up fighter jet. It's in one of our chapters, or actually... 
maybe three or four of our chapters earlier in this book. Uh, you want to be a fighter jet and not a crop duster. For once, I felt like I had an ally in my office and I was trying to do everything in my power to keep her more than that or keep her more than that. She had inspired in me the commitment to structure my life and improve my leadership abilities. I had focused on getting my vision for Fit Body Bootcamp clear. I had gotten my nutrition, my sleep, and my health dialed in again, and I was doing my best to make the business work. I hadn't felt this way since the early 2000s when Di and I started my coaching and consulting business from our spare bedroom with their one employee. Right? But now that I had Joan in the office, I was focused on manning up as a leader and stepping into my big boy shoes. I had a renewed sense of hope and optimism that I'd be able to turn Fit Body Bootcamp around with the help of Joan. So there's the power of having someone strong on your team who shares the same vision as you. Right? And so while my friends were complaining about the weekend coming to an end, I was chomping at the bit for money to begin. I was dying to put my vision plan into action and do the work to move my business forward. Right then and there, I realized that my friends and I had two completely different belief systems. They wanted to avoid Mondays and I couldn't wait for it to start. Now, let me make something abundantly clear. I'm not passing judgment on my friends or the worth ethic, work ethic or anything else of the sort. They have their right to their belief system, which is based on the choices they made for their lives all right and so i want to handle that because there's a lot of people that don't like this part of business when business owners say that they need to separate themselves so that they can focus so that they don't you know and because other people don't see their their, their vision they're not on the same page there's there's not there's nothing to take personal there so i think a lot of people don't like when business owners do that or entrepreneurs do that uh, when they try to separate themselves, it's not because, you know, they feel like they're high and mighty. It's, there's nothing personal. It's all business. They're just trying to focus. That's all it is. Right. And so I think a lot of people didn't like that um, when we had to do that in our life. Right. And so um, we, meaning my wife and I, you know, we're in business together. I think a lot of people kind of, they, they just uh, didn't accept that very well. But just to handle that real quick. But he says, my belief system was different. I believe that I was meant to do something big. I believe that I was meant to become a massively successful entrepreneur so that I could do things my way, make a big impact in my industry and create true financial security for me and my family. I'm not blaming my past failures on them. Obviously, I've been upfront about my screw ups, but they aren't helping. There were people who couldn't simply eliminate okay now so he's talking about eliminating certain friends who aren't on the same page they're not helping your cause but he says there are people who i couldn't simply eliminate from my life because they were family right so we've experienced this as well and it can get sticky but it can work right and so it says and i want you i want and i would have to see them for from time to time or during the holidays but I choose to edit my relationship with them. An edited relationship is one where you keep your exposure to a person to a minimum. And when you, when you do see them, you keep the topic of conversation superficial. The trick is never let them in on your dreams, 
and passions because as painful as it is to say this, they are likely to piss all over your dreams and punch holes in your ideas. Ouch. This is true. Um, not that they're bad people. They just don't understand. They're not on the same level. They, they don't have the same passions as you, same ambitions, and that, not, to, not to put them down. It's just they value other things, and that's okay. The people who are close to you don't necessarily have bad intentions or want to put an end or put your fire out. Rather, they are transferring their fears and insecurities onto you. You see, they, they simply do not understand where you are at. Only share your big dreams, ambitions, and goals with the people in your life who are positive, optimistic, and have similar ambitions. I think that's huge. You know, we don't get too much uh, encouragement from people around us like that, except for our family who are in business, you know, but they're not naturally calling me up and saying, hey, you guys can do it. You know what I mean? And so um, says, don't share your big dreams with them. Right. Uh, and so it, it hurts, especially if you're a family person, you know, we come from a culture where we value family. Those are the people who will say um, only share people that have that are positive, have, they're optimistic, and have similar ambitions. Those are the people who will encourage, motivate, and inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Reiterating what I just said, right? And so I give you permission to eliminate or edit your relationship with anyone who is not aligned with your vision, purpose, or passion. I can tell you, it will take some an enormous. It will make an enormous difference in your quality of life, your happiness, and yes, in your business success. If you hang out with five successful entrepreneurs, you are going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five friends who are in great shape, you will be the sixth. That's an ouch right there. If you hang out with five complainers, you will be the sixth. Your mind will subtly adapt to the five people you hang out. That should have been another word of the day. Subtly, right? So not obviously, right? Adapt to the five people you hang around with the most to gain acceptance and respect from them. That is... That's major right there. See, when you hang around people, when you hang around people, you're going to do things, act a certain way, say certain things. You might even change your laugh because you want to be accepted and respected of them and you want them to relate to you that you will do things just to be part of that crowd you know and i think that's a natural reaction that people have you know we want to have friends and who, who doesn't want to have more friends right we want to uh, be relatable to people when we're with them we want them to um, enjoy our company that's a normal thing so choose your circle carefully. Spend most of your time with people who dominate and have the same mentality and limit the time around limit the time the amount of time you are forced to spend with negative influences. I got to say there was there's somebody there's people in my life that um I thought that we were very similar you know the, um as far as our life, we I, I, let me say that we still like the same things. Um, when it comes to certain subjects, we are on the same page. But I recently got to hang out with some people, and you know, now that I spent a little bit more time with them, I just needed that little bit more time with them to realize 
that they just aren't the kind of people that I should be surrounding myself with. Um, you know, or, or opening up to or really getting intimate with. It's just, you know, it, it, it wasn't what I thought, you know. Um, I did value a lot of the things that they do, a lot of things that they have. And recently I got to hang out with them and, you know, just kind of hang out pretty much. And it just, it was a little different. Now I got to see more of who they are and not to say that they're bad people. It's just we're on a different page and I had to make that. I just, it just came to me right now that I remember getting there. And as soon as they started saying certain things, I was like, okay, I don't think we're going to be hanging out again after this. <laughs> but um, you got to make that distinction, right? You got to be aware um, not to cut them off completely, but we're going to edit that relationship. And I think that's huge what he says here. So spend most of your time with people who dominate and have the same mentality and limit the amount of time that you are forced to spend with negative influences. Now, you're probably thinking, wait, am I supposed to cut off the people that I grew up with and had in my life for the last 30 plus years? And he says, in a word, yes, but don't make a spectacle out of it. You know, phase them out. Because environment exposure to people with negativity and low energy is contagious. And you have a duty. Let me stop there. Environment exposure to people with negativity and low energy is contagious. Um, just because there's people that have been around with you for the, the past X amount of years. It doesn't mean that you're you're going to have to stay with him forever. Not saying that we're going to completely cut them off, but I like how he says here. You know, so let's say you know you have to make a jump as an entrepreneur, or maybe you have to move on to other things and move from one project to another uh, because this is just the flow of your life. You're you're moving on to something else. You outgroups you outgrew people like how he mentioned here. Um, you outgrew them. You learned what you could what you what you learn what you can and now it's time to move on um am i supposed to cut them off this is the question that was that was posed here and he says yes but don't make a spectacle out of it you don't have to make a big announcement you know says you can just phase them out because environment exposure environmental exposure to people with negativity and low energy is contagious you know um i think that's huge right and i think you have to master knowing how to cut someone off it's not just a clean cut like bye you're gone you know what i mean it's editing the relationship to where you're now spending less and less time and moving on to people that are on the same page so that you guys can be more effective right because of the power of association and disassociation all right and it says here because you have a duty an obligation to yourself to your family to your vision and to your community to maintain the best environment. And if you plan on building an empire or leaving a legacy, right? I think that's, that's mega huge right there. <laughs> you have a duty and obligation to yourself, your family, your vision, and your community to maintain the best environment possible. You got to do a lot of pruning in your life, right? Almost done here. It says, when you hang out with these crabs, they come with a built-in limited belief system. And each time you share your dream, your passion, 
and the massive actions that you plan to take to improve your life, your finances, and your circumstances, they will project their limited beliefs. I say that with emphasis because you got to be aware of people's limited beliefs. And that's the limit. They're going to project it on you. And that's going to create doubt within you. Doubt, which is the seed of fear and fear that causes paralysis and self-sabotage on all levels of improvement in life. The bottom line is this. You become the sum of people that you hang around with the most. And if you plan on being optimistic, effective, and a decisive leader, you must find a circle of friends and colleagues who are going the same direction as you in life. Get rid of the crabs. As my friend Joe Polish says, be willing to eliminate anything in your life that is not excellent. Wow. That's amazing. So, um, he says, so that's the end of our chapter, guys. And here we are at our exercise, as we always do. And our exercise today is to cast some crabs. Right? Let me, uh, He says, your exercise today, catch crabs. He says, all right, out with it. Who are they? Who are the crabs in your life? What do they do that gets you, that gets you down? And how will you eliminate or edit the relationship? I just answered you with an example in my life with someone who I highly respected and even, you know, um, wanted to sort of be like. Right. But with a little bit more of spending some time with them, I realized that I've outgrown them. And I just want to tell you, it's okay if you outgrow somebody. If you moved on to another level and they haven't changed and you limit your time, your energy that you spend with that person, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Even those in leadership, even if it's a church. Um, if you're looking to grow, if you're looking to be more impactful, it's all good to surround yourself with people that are doing things that you long to do, that are making moves that you want to make. It's all good. You know, and so I just want to encourage you with that. And again, that is the end of our chapter. Um, I'm highly moved with this information. I'm glad I got to read this information, especially today, because I personally am going through some, uh, phases right now which you would call a crossroad and i'm looking to see what the next step in my life and um, i believe god is calling for me to make a move and uh well we're just kind of in the that area where we're talking about it my wife and i and trying to figure out what's next in life you know but with that i hope that you are doing well i hope that you are staying informed that you are feeding your mind that you are picking up a book to read and that you are thinking for yourself. I hope you're doing well. I hope that Yeshua, your Messiah, is the Lord of your life. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, for he is the only way. And for anyone who is uh, 
hurting out there again this is mental awareness month or so i hear i didn't i didn't really look that up myself but i heard it's mental awareness month and to anybody out there who's struggling man you know hang in there you know god is good it's gonna work out right so peace uh, peace and love to you all may you be blessed may god bless you all right take care you guys till next time peace Thank you.